You are not a number. Friends, if there is one thing I want you to know about my part two chat with Jenny Randall, it is this. You are not a number. In this episode, Jenny and I specifically chat through how staying focused on the numbers will keep us from experiencing what God has for us, both in our professional and personal lives. Jenny specifically states, you are not the number on the scale. You are not the number of social media followers or real life friends you have. You are not how many books you sold or how many dollar bills you have. You are not your zip code, age, or that grade on your test. You are not defined by the number of kids you have or don't have. And you are not defined by the number of times you struggle with sin or shame. This episode is a reminder to all of us that God already sees us. We don't have to crave being seen. We don't have to let the numbers in our life define us. If today you find yourself feeling unseen and unnoticed, then this is the episode for you. In a world that is so bent on numbers and being seen, may you know today that you are already seen by the one who created you. You have said, you are not a number. And I love this because it's something that I share quite often. My goodness, those numbers can really just grab a hold of us. You state you're not the number on the scale. You're not the number of social media followers or real life friends you have. You're not how many books you sold or how many dollar bills you have. You're not your zip code, age, or the grade on your test. You're not defined by the number of kids you have or don't or the number of times you struggle with sin or shame. I feel like I can relate to quite a few of those. (laughs) So why do we get so wrapped up in numbers? And what can we do to break free from this thinking, this lifestyle? Like, How is it that staying focused on numbers keep us from experiencing what God has for us, both in our professional and personal lives? So yeah, let's talk about this number number obsession we have in our world today. Yeah. It's a metric where we can quantify success, right? I understand the need for it. My business brain understands it. My marketing, I get it. But if we hold those too tightly, it will be the death of us, 100% guaranteed. They, They are fine. God can use those numbers. But when that is who we are, it's a really unhealthy perspective because you will fail and you need to know how to get back up. And if you're focused on that number, if that's your driving factor, it's going to be a lot harder to stand again. Uh, You will succeed. And if that number, uh, if you're a New York Times bestselling author and you're focused only on that number, you're going to get a big ego and (laughs) and that's not demonstrating godly character. You know, so it's having that healthy perspective of whose you are, you you are God's and who you do this for, and you're doing this because Christ invited you to, and the Holy Spirit's empowering you to move in and through it. God can use the numbers. He used my Emmy Award in ways I it's just like so annoying at this point. I'm like, can we talk about something else? But I understand the appeal of it because yeah. you can quantify it. Like, ooh, that's cool. Let's talk about it. And it's fun. And I totally get why God would use that in that way. But if that was who I was, then 
I would, I don't know, like I'd be carrying it around everywhere. Like there is so much more depth and breadth to us as Christ followers than that being the thing we lead for or lead with. If you think about in a holistic faith, spiritual mindset, we are kingdom carriers. And that is the radical thing we need to lead with. Like we are bringers of hope into situations we walk into. We are carriers of the goodness in the midst of the darkness. I like to define a dream as a placeholder where our unmet potential meets God's unlimited possibility. And that alone, there's so much opportunity to step into. So if we're leading or being defined by these numbers or these specific opportunities or even these failures or successes, we're missing that unlimited opportunity moment where God can invite us into any situation to carry his message of hope. And it doesn't even have to look like preaching on the corner. Like it's, it's sometimes it's just the fruit of our lives speaking louder or the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting love in a certain situation or healing. I don't know what it looks like for individual listeners today, but I do know that if we lead as kingdom carriers, if we lead as Christ followers, that will outweigh any number. The numbers might get you in the room, but leading Christ first is the power play on our work, 100% for sure. And on our, on our life, that is the power play in which we lean into. And as I've learned that, I've seen honest-to-God miracles. And I'm sure you too in your work, you've seen hearts transformed. And as you step away, it's not even really about the work we're doing. Granted, it's good and fulfilling, but it's about the life change that's coming from it. And we miss out on that if we're leaning into the numbers in an unhealthy way. Yeah, that is so good. And you know, when I started thinking about this, I was like, whoa, we really are a world driven by numbers. This is how much you should weigh. This is how much you should be making. The normal family has this many kids. This is a good size um, house, square feet. numbers. (laughs) This is the kind of grades you should be getting. And if you don't, well, there might be something wrong, you know, or you're seen as a failure. My gosh, like so many things revolve around numbers. And I was just like, wow, I wonder if this is the thing that trips us up so much in our life. Is this focus just on numbers in every area of our life. This is how much money you should have in your savings account. Yeah. I think I'm just blown away by this. Like Mm -hmm. it's all numbers everywhere. Yeah. I feel like I just need a moment of silence here as I process some of this. I know we should start a marketing campaign, like reject the number or I don't know. It's why in marketing, I, I so zero in on like storytelling marketing. Like I want to hear I want to hear a story of impact. I don't care that you've impacted thousands. I want to hear the life transformation. And we see that in great marketing nowadays. Like That will outweigh those large numbers because we're hearing about transformation. And I think that goes a long way like in personal branding and all different areas. But it really is true. Numbers can be the leading factor in a lot of areas when it shouldn't be. Right. You know, you think about podcasting. Oh, well, my podcast isn't having that many downloads or my book on Amazon didn't get that many reviews or I'm not connected to that many people. Yeah. 
it's mind-blowing as I think about the emphasis on numbers. Okay, I'm going to be processing that one for a (laughs) while, I think. (laughs) Okay, so let's chat about the woman at the well. This is seriously probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible because I feel like there's so many lessons from this one story, this one conversation that Jesus had with this Samaritan woman. And so you share, we don't have to crave being seen. We already are. And Jenny, this is so powerful because we live in a world that is bent on being seen. And I feel like this is such a beautiful reminder that God already sees us. And so how can this encounter this story encourage us as faith-based women who desperately want to make an impact and we want to influence culture for Christ through our work. So how can we take this story to heart when we live in a world where maybe we feel very unseen, unnoticed, and maybe we've even been overlooked? How can we rest assured that in those moments, God still sees us? God still has a plan for us, even though we feel so unseen and unnoticed. Yeah. I think one of the greatest reminders we can have as a Christ follower and really in understanding his character is that he is always with us. He is ever-present. He keeps his promises. And we understand that through these moments with him through these private time moments through through the intimate moments where we sit and we chat and we prayerfully <laughs> beg or cry our face off or whatever that looks like as we pray to God and read the bible and study his word and it really starts in those private time moments and and those private time moments with God fuel those public moments those public moments at work those public moments of writing words or standing on a platform or whatever the job is. And when we value those private time moments with God, when we place value on on it, on that relationship, it deeply impacts every area of our life. And to remember that it's okay if I'm being overlooked in this job, although that's a whole different conversation. I think sometimes (laughs) as women, we need to lean into things a little harder but remembering that we're never alone. We're never alone when we walk in that boardroom, even even if we're the only woman sitting on that table. God is with us. And um, I had a cool opportunity last week, and our ministry team just kept telling me, remember, God has placed you in that room. God has handpicked you for that room. And I wrote it on a piece of paper and stuck it on a Post-it to remind myself God is the one that's doing the placing and the positioning, and He is always with us. So as we walk into these uncharted waters or these areas of influence, if we remember that, it really strengthens us because God, His power moves in and through our lives and gives us this God confidence to boldly stand in the areas He's put us. And to remember too, if we're overlooked or if we're elevated, who God is does not change. And we get that understanding through those private time moments and it really does fuel those public moments. So I don't know if that answers your question or if you want to expand on it on your end. Yeah, no, I love that. I think, again, it just all goes back to, and I know this sounds so cliche, but it goes back to 
trusting God. And when we are in those moments of feeling overlooked, unnoticed, unseen, trusting God that he sees us. And maybe in that moment, we are being unseen or unnoticed, but we don't know what he has for us down the road. And that it just goes back to trusting God. Again, I know that sounds so cliche, but I feel like it's the it's the one thing we can hang on to in those moments when we feel so unseen. Yeah. And there there is so much private time moments that happen in building a business or writing a book or whatever that dream is where people only typically catch the this is my moment. Like that's the only glimpse they usually get, like those yeah. big celebratory moments. And there is so much hard work that God is asking in the unseen moments. And like you're saying, I, I always say a, a dream is the greatest trust exercise we can have with God because it's over and over again, just falling into really into Him, trusting Him to catch us and bring us into the places we need to be. And I I love what you said. Okay, so you are passionate about championing people into their calling, which I just love that. So what does this look like? And what are three takeaways that my listeners can take as they seek to live into their calling? Yes. So I I was reviewing this question before because you're very organized and I appreciate that as a (laughs) podcaster. I'm like, all right, we we know what we're getting into. So I was looking at this question and I'm like, oh, Lord have mercy, just three things. (laughs) So I'm going to give an overarching three answers that really are 600 builds within them. So here's here's my thing. Here's my three. Uh, one, understand God's vision for your right now season. And that goes back to what we were talking about, how our jobs and our careers and our thing, uh, God can change things over time. So prayerfully understanding his vision for right now, and then learn to break it down into tangible tasks. That would be the second one. So we might have a big dream, say, for example, I want to write a book. That dream will only take you so far. Eventually, you have to start doing it. So learn how to take that big dream and to break it down into tangible tasks. And then three, this is the hardest one. You have to show up for those tasks. So maybe you schedule it on your calendar. You need to actually honor that calendar and really trust that the vision God has given you and show up for it. And I think as a Christ follower, it is a gift to steward the areas God has for us. It is an honor and a privilege. Just like Adam named those animals, we get to partner with God on some pretty radically amazing things and whatever that looks like for you in this season. And we get to be stewards of that. So are we going to trust that God knows what he's talking about and inviting you and me and everybody into these different projects? And will we give the right amount of time to it to be able to bring this thing into fruition as he leads. And that I have found for creatives and dreamers has been the hardest part is to actually show up to tackle the task. So underneath that, of course, there's accountability. There's a lot of different factors that can help bring that thing into fruition. But showing up is the most generic response I can have on that number three. Well, and I think that's so important because we can really allow everything else to stop us from doing the things that we feel God has called us to do. And it can be so easy to just let life take over. And before you know it, a year is gone, two years, three years, and we haven't, you know, made one step 
forward or taken one step forward into what it is that we feel God has called us to. And so I think that's such an important point that we show up for the tasks that we are supposed to do. And I would say too, I feel like, because I've, I've realized this in my own life, is that once we show up, keep going, even if we feel like we're not seeing immediate results. I think we live in such yes. a microwave society world where if we don't experience success right away, if we don't have this many podcast downloads, if we didn't get a literary agent or a book published right away or things like that, then we're like, well, then maybe I didn't hear God right and we're done. Mm -hmm. And so I would say also showing up and then keep going, keep Keep going. going. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, you know, it's biblical. The things God grows, he grows slow. Yes. And I, I would be like, you know, people have these viral moments where they're catapulted into fame, but the radical things of all, all of those that I've met that have had those viral worthy moments where it's like, oh, you woke up the next day, everything's changed. They've had hard growth seasons behind the scenes. Nobody has seen that the Lord has prepared them for those moments. And a lot of the times in our own building process as creatives, it's the long game of continuing to trust the vision God has given you and to steward it. And I think there's these funny jokes where people are like, oh, how have you made it so successful? Or like, what you're like, all of a sudden you just appeared and and you're on this huge trajectory of growth. And everyone's like, it literally took me 20 years to get to the spot. Or like, you, you don't even know, like there's been so many moments, like you're saying, to pour into and to grow and to keep showing up for. And I think as I like to celebrate, so what I do is I set those little benchmarks where, okay, now we're going to celebrate. These two people that listened to the podcast, those two people matter. And I can't believe they spent an hour to listen to this thing. And like celebrating those moments along the way uh, is a really great way to continue to remind yourself of the work God is doing. Because He's always moving. He's always changing. He's always helping us grow into greater transformative people for him and noticing it and celebrating it are great ways we continue to be creative. And I think too, as creatives, we can be doing all the things. We can carry vision for tons of things. But the biggest question we can ask is, what is the thing for right now? And then really, really zeroing in on that thing and breaking it down into those tasks. And like you said, continuing to show up until the job is done, until you feel that like God saying, okay, great job, next thing. I think that's the strategy. Like, what is God saying for right now? And then really zeroing in and not doing all the wrong things, but His right thing. Right. So, so good. Okay. So here is my last official question for you. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As a college professor, I have the opportunity to work with a lot of college students And um, many of them are getting ready to enter into the marketplace and start their careers. So what advice do you have for them as it relates to leadership, faith, work, influence, all the good stuff? (laughs) Oh, yes. This is a great question. Some of the greatest (laughs) mentors of mine, I've heard this advice from different people throughout life and the journeys I've been on. And it's been transformative and it's silly. It might sound simple, but it's be be in a faith community. And like, I would always have the thought, well, duh, like, obviously that's just a given. <laughs> Don't you know who I, I write books about faith, but like, 
we found ourselves here. We moved to Florida from New York three years ago, you know, talking about seasons of transitions and changes. And I think, Jen, we talked about this the one time we hung out. <laughs> the one time. There'll be many more, but we we were... <laughs> it was fun because we had similarities and yeah. we moved around the same time. And I remember unpacking boxes on a Sunday thinking, nobody knows me here. I don't have to go to church and no one's going to be like, where were you? Like in a good way, but nobody's going to call me out on stuff. And I had this thought like, oh, I don't need to show up. And my pastor's words, go to church on Sunday, like rang in my ear. And I was like, oh gosh, I better just start showing up. So we drug the family to church and started the thing of finding a community we felt called to fit into for in faith. And it, it's easy to get out of the habits of showing up for a faith yeah. community. It, but it is the most greatest gift we can have as Christ followers is not only being in community with other followers who spur you on in the faith, but also investing in others as well. Like your gifts, your talents, your strengths are needed to build up the church community in different ways and and people are needed to pour into you. So that would be my one big advice is find a faith community where you feel like you fit and where you feel like is teaching the Bible. That would be a good marker of a good community. Yes, I love that because quite honestly, throughout my life, I don't know what I would do without my church community. It just, it makes such a difference. So that is great, great advice. Oh my goodness. This has been so good, Jenny. I've so enjoyed this conversation. So many great takeaways that I know my listeners are just going to be really encouraged by. So thank you for taking the time to be here. As we close off here, how can listeners best connect and partner with you online? Yeah, well, first of all, Dr. Jen, thanks for having me. I felt so formal. It's like, let's (laughs) official. You're kind of a big deal. I'm even nervous. Um, (laughs) But thank you for doing this and pouring into your listeners and even the younger generation and creating, I feel like you create such a safe space for people. And I appreciate that about you. So thank you so much for continuing to do the hard, the hard and holy work. Um, And so I, you guys can find me online at jennyrandall.com. I love Instagram at jenny.randall. And then also if you're a creative who is looking to like level up your purpose or launch a big project, we started a monthly membership site and that's over through faithful. So we have a faithful channel and we're just constantly growing. I, I joke that it's this creative sanctuary where we have prayer nights, we have classes, we do coaching. So my hope is to equip a bazillion creatives to step into what God has for them. So this is a way we do that as well. I love that. Wow. Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your story, yourself, your knowledge, your wisdom, and your expertise. I so appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Friends, it is my hope that you have been enjoying the She Impacts Culture podcast. I pray that you have not only been enjoying the podcast, but also that God is speaking to you and that you have been able to see and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you do matters, that you have been called to impact culture wherever it is that God has you right now. And I hope that this podcast has encouraged you to know that your work and leadership matters. If you've enjoyed the She Impacts Culture podcast, I would love 
for you to leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Those reviews actually matter. May God richly bless you as you seek out to impact culture through your work in leadership. 